The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. One more fight and you're expelled. You want to be a boxer? Wait out aerobics. Am I talking to you? No girl has what it takes to be a boxer. There's plenty of things you could do better with your life than box. Prove it. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I am Tobin Addington. And today we get to talk about a movie that is both directed by a woman who refuses to play by the rules, starring a woman who refuses to play by the rules, and about a character who refuses to play by the rules. We're going to talk about Girl Fight today from 2000. Amazing. What do you remember remember about the first time you saw this or when you became aware of this movie? Oh my goodness. So many things. Um, First, real quick, I could tell you were going to do like a rule of three with that. And I was so hoping Uh that I was going to be the third woman who refuses to play by the rules. But (laughs) it's okay. We can save that for another time. Um, Tobin, you pointed this movie out to me and told me I needed to see it. And I can't quite recall if the first time I saw it, we saw it together or Mm -hmm. if if I just saw it. And then I um, created a group date with um, many of my lady friends from high school. And Mm -hmm. we had we had girls night girl fight, as I called it. (laughs) Um, And we went to the mall. Um, and had dinner at the, well, we didn't really have a food court at our mall, but we had dinner at the mall and we, we each donated $10 and did a, um, like secret Santa. So Mm -hmm. we all bought something for someone else. And then we went as a group of six or eight people to go see this movie. And I had already seen it once, but I thought it was so important that we all go because there were so many things that I loved about it. So I remember seeing it at least twice in the theater and then took my VHS copy to college and tried to get as many people to watch it as I could. How about you? Uh, So I would have seen this movie in college and um, I also can't remember. I feel like we saw it together. I do. You know, we've seen it together. I I just don't (laughs) remember. I can't remember the order of things. So I watched it, I think, many times. I remember going to it at the little independent theater that you could walk to from my college campus, which was amazing. And I saw a lot of great movies that way. And then uh, then I had the, I think maybe a VHS and then a DVD. And I've somehow I've lost them. I've lost the DVD along the way, which makes me very sad. Um, But I really loved this movie and, and hadn't seen it probably since like 2001. I mean, I watched it a lot those first couple of years. Then I don't think I've seen it for the last like 17 years. Um, oh, wow. So it was, yeah, I know. Um, and I was surprised by how much I remembered as it went. Like this movie is, is buried pretty, pretty deep in my brain. And uh, I'm not sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to get into it, but I think this is a, this is maybe a great movie. I do too. I mean, yeah, this is a bit of a ringer for us, but yeah. um, also kind of like the contender, our our first episode and our namesake. Um, mm-hmm. It is a movie that we have talked about for years and have talked about mm-hmm. um, the gender um, politics of it for years, and so it it seems appropriate. 
Yeah, it really does. It feels very much on brand for us. And I'm wondering how much of our, how many of our listeners have seen this movie because it, I don't think it gets referenced a lot. I don't, I don't hear it brought up in conversation very much. And it's, um, uh, so, so I'm, yeah, I'll be curious to see if, if those of you out there who uh, are listening to this, if you have, if you've seen it before watching it for this, we'd love to hear from you uh, as, as we, as you hear this episode. Um, so can I give you a couple bits of film history? We'd love it. So this is the directorial debut of Karen Kusama. Uh, and Karen Kusama is a filmmaker who is like a lot of women filmmakers has talked about the difficulty she has had getting projects made. So there are other filmmakers who sort of broke out in the late 1990s, early 2000s, who were able to make a lot of movies, you know, making a movie a year or every two years. And, um, and because of the kind of films that she makes and the kind and the I think the integrity with which she makes a lot of her a lot of her films, she, as with many women filmmakers over the years, has not been able to make as many movies as she probably should have. Um, but this is her talk about a debut. Like this is this is a movie mm-hmm. that sort of launches a, a director out of a gate. And the second bit is that this is a movie that launches a star out of the gate. This is Michelle Rodriguez's first debut. And as I as I've read about it, it was her first audition ever. Was for this role yeah so i mean just made for her made for her made for her yeah and and so uh a a feature performance by an actor who's totally embodies the part and by a director who's sort of coming out swinging if i can start the boxing puns (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so that's that's sort of all all i could find it's very modest budget just a million bucks uh to make this movie and um boy they put it all all into the into the character so uh those are our two bits i was gonna ask you about that i wondered if the one million dollars was gonna be um part of your film history um can you contextualize for us a little bit? So if this was made yeah. in 2000, how much of a tiny movie was T- $1 million? $1 million is, is a very tiny movie because this is before the digital video revolution had really sort of taken over. You, you, there, you know, we're far from an iPhone, uh, you know, where people can shoot a whole movie on their sort of pocket computer. But even regular digital video cameras were not – you, you know, which are which are cheaper to shoot with. Um, you you couldn't shoot. You weren't shooting features that way. So they had to. Sh- they're shooting this on film, and to make this kind of movie with this sort of uh, number of locations and actors and um, the the sort of the 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 time that this movie takes, and it just it's going to cost. It's going to cost money. So they're cutting as many corners as they can. When I was in film school, my memory is that in de- the independent world, there was like a it was. You, you either made movies for like under a million dollars or over $10 million. And that was sort of the, yeah, like it oh, was wow. hard, hard to sort of, because you either had to have big stars and so you had to pay them a lot more money to make movies that cost a lot of money, right? So like suddenly you get Leonardo DiCaprio wants to make American Psycho and the budget goes from whatever, however million it was to like 15 million because now you've got a star in it and people mm. are willing to pay more, you know, give you more money, right? Because more people are going to come see it. Um, so it's a tiny amount of money. And and they looked at, they went to a lot of places to get the money and ended up finally getting it from a, a independent filmmaker and sort of film guru named John Sales. Aislinn, you and I, yeah. Oh yeah, we, I love we have John a, Sales. We, we also from this era, we, we watched a number of John Sales movies. Um, and uh, and so he and um, Maggie Renzi, who I can't remember if he's, she was his romantic, they're romantic related, or if they're just if they're just um, 
producing partners, but they they and uh, I think IFC Independent Film channel ponied up the money to, to make this movie. So um, they had, there were there were a lot of no's before they found a yes. And a million bucks is not a lot of money to make this movie in 2000. Thank you for that. Weird example, though, because is Leonardo DiCaprio in no, American it, So Mary Heron, who, okay. and maybe we'll have to do American Psycho sometime. Uh, it is a, Mary Heron was going to nope. make the movie American Psycho, and she had um, Christian Bale attached. And then Leonardo DiCaprio wanted to make it. And so then the producers were like, oh, of mm. course, we have to have Leo. And they ditched Christian Bale. And then Leo's like, ah, this may be a little rough for me, the way you want to make like, a, you know, a little out there. And and but there was a whole thing about they were they were even talked about ditching the filmmaker and keeping Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, because, right. because he wanted yeah, to I'm do sure. it. That happens yeah, all the yeah. time. So, sorry, that was an aside. Just because, as a as a in a previous life, being a Christian Bale historian yes. as I was, I was confused. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For a brief window in between it being Christian Bale, it was Leonardo DiCaprio. Interesting. All right. Well, enough of this sausage party. Let's talk about the ladies involved in this movie. Let's do it. Writer director Karen Kusama. Actor. Michelle Rodriguez. Producers, Sarah Green, Martha Griffin, Caroline Kaplan, and Maggie Renzi. And editor, Plummy Tucker. Now, Plummy Tucker Which is my was, new favorite name. <laughs> Plummy Tucker was John Sales's editor for a long time and edited the movie Limbo that, that you With and I are, think are the only people who love that movie. <laughs> Shout and, us out on Twitter if you also love Limbo. David Strathairn, um, Mary Liz Master, Master Antonio, Antonio singing that yeah. soundtrack. Yes, yes. We are the only people who bought that soundtrack. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it's true. It's true. It's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, gosh. I could just sit in this car on memory lane with you, but we need to talk about this movie. We should, yeah. Um, let's uh, – I would love to hear a, a Tobin plot summary for Girl Fight. All right. Michelle Rodriguez plays Diana Guzman, a tough-as-nails Brooklyn teenager who sets out to train to become a boxer in defiance of her father – the male-dominated boxing world, and everyone's expectations of who she's supposed to be. But finding herself in the ring will push Diana far beyond, beyond her comfort zone as she learns to channel her aggression, take constructive criticism, and find the champion hidden within. I love this movie. I love this movie so much. <laughs> this is such a good movie. I forgot I, how much so I love this movie. So tell me, tell me if you had the same reaction I did okay. because I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch Girl Fight. I know I love it, but it's been a long time. So there was a little bit of like, ugh, now I have to take notes mm -hmm. and just kind of psyching myself up. And then the opening shot, yes, yes, on her face when she looks up, like through her eyelashes. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I out loud was like, oh, I love this movie. I forgot <laughs> how much I love the opening shot and I loved her in this. I mean, we all know Michelle Rodriguez now, but I, mm -hmm. I just feel like you knew from the, from the minute you read, you know, a, a sentence about this movie was about to come out. Like you called that shot that Michelle Rodriguez is something mm -hmm. and um, you were right. She's amazing mm -hmm. yeah and that, frightening yeah, and she, gorgeous yes. and raw and all those things 
and unapologetic in in yeah. all of those things. And yeah, I that first shot. So I I the the there are two things I've re- always remembered that about this movie. Even though I couldn't remember, oh, is it as good as I remember? But I remembered the sound of the opening shot. That like clapping sound, like mm-hmm. there's this percussion sound. And then, and he's like moving into her like body. I just, I don't know how to say it, like it, into this like torso shot of her in her like mm-hmm. military jacket in the hallway. And then the face, like those two things, the sound and the visuals. I just remember that in my head being like, oh, this is an introduction. It blew my hair back this time. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, every actor should dream of once in their career having a an introduction like this. I mean, it is... So, and I think it really does announce both of them. This is a filmmaker who's going to shoot this movie in a very different, specific way, and an, and an actor who's going to just sort of chew into this part. I also think of you as she looks over her her eyelashes because of your uh, penchant to do that as a child. When yes, when my hairy eyebrow. The, as they call it hairy eyeball uh, is hairy eyeball. That's what they call yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still so, do that. <laughs> My daughter does that too. I was just going to um, say, and you know who I've seen do it in the past yes. couple of years? Yep, yep. Uh, so, so proud. I, so I, so I, I sort of love that image in, in other ways too. But um, yeah, but if, you know, if nothing else, this announces that this movie is going to is going to sort of look and and feel and sound different than maybe you expected the quote unquote girls boxing movie, which is how sure. sometimes it was described, was going to feel. Well, and I, I thought about, too, a couple times while watching this, that this was, you know, um, long before, or at least I would say significantly before um, Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. which, I mean, obviously is a very different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about like, oh, this for me, I mean, I apologize. I am sorry, Clint. But um, but like I was like, oh, this is the real the women's boxing movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um just because that i feel like is the euthanasia movie um so you know (laughs) spoiler alert oh apologies i'm kidding i'm kidding it's 14 years since that movie came out (laughs) (laughs) um and and no disrespect to um that woman hillary swank hillary fucking swank um <laughs> you know both 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 of them did a great job but uh but this certainly is the um okay this also breaks uh some rules for me mm-hmm. and if you know me you know i don't like fighting movies mm-hmm. i mean i don't mm-hmm. like fighting period um but i don't go to a movie that has a lot of physical combat in it. I don't enjoy it. I don't like the sounds of it. Um, I, yeah, I just, ugh, ah. um, but I make exceptions when the, um, I think when the significance of the gender stuff to use a, you know, academic term, gender stuff, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, HD folks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hits that threshold. So in the same, in a similar way of Haywire that I was excited to go see, because how many, you know, amazing assassin movies are there um, with m- male protagonists? I want to see the th- a different take on it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel very similarly about this. Um, and also because I've seen it so much now, um, I was very calm during m- most of the boxing <laughs> 
pieces of it, um, which is not not common for me. I think I winced the first in that first the first shot her against the lockers, and then she almost immediately um, starts a fight with a, yeah. a girl in high school, and like that made me wince. Um, but the boxing stuff um, didn't, and I think part of that just to get like right in it yeah. had to do with the Hector character mm-hmm. as the um, at first reluctant. Yeah. Coach, um, trainer. But uh, I I remarked in my notes that, um, you know, he has high expectations, but he engages with her in a way that none of the other adults that we've seen do. There are a couple of those standard high school, you know, piece of a lecture Mm -hmm. panning across the room scenes. And, um, you know, I always enjoy looking at extras in those shots. But (laughs) in addition to... um, to illustrating that that um, Diana's mind was somewhere else, I also felt like it was illustrating that kind of nothing is really, no one is is engaging with her. Right, everyone That's is talking at her. Mm. Her dad, the teachers, the guidance counselor, who may have been saying great things, but she just wasn't. They weren't um, meeting her where she was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 Hector seemed to have a real gift for that with her. Um, and, and maybe not as much with others, you know, we know that other fighters had trained with him and then left. Um, and so I think that was just a, um, a beautiful partnership, Mm -hmm. um, in her training. And, and I loved that character and, and how much they, um, grew to trust each other and learn from each other and, and all that. So yay, Hector. Yeah, totally. Like you, I have a thing about – so I I like physical combat movies, but I don't like boxing movies. Um, mm. I was just talking to somebody about this. I forget what they were recommending to me, and I and I was and I was I was responding to them like, yeah, that sounds good, but I just don't really do boxing movies. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I I I like the sort of acrobatics of something like Haywire, or you know, like fisticuffs, sure. but like two people in a ring just beating each other senseless <laughs> with gloves and on. There's like, so I, much bodily fluids. For it's me, about, and and you know, I respect too much DNA. <laughs> I respect Raging Bull. I, I and I think Shelma, Shelma, Thelma Schumacher's editing on that movie is phenomenal. But I'm not I'm not going to watch it very often. This mm-hmm. movie, though, I will watch. I will now that I've revisited it and 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 reaffirmed my love for it. I'm definitely going to watch this again. One of the things that I love so much about it, and this gets to your to your point about Hector, is that. Unlike Whippet, which we talked about last time, this is a movie where she really has to work to get better at boxing. It's it's mm. not just that she has a, a moment where she's where you know she just gets to she just digs deeper and then is suddenly good. Like there there it takes her a long time to get used to the speed bag. She there are three mm-hmm. or four either scenes or just little bits of scenes inside montages of her trying to get the rhythm of of that and and Hector has to use a lot of different kinds of techniques like you really see the coach the coaching work and the mm-hmm. and the athletes work and their work together and I think I find that so much more re- rewarding as uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not a boxer, but I'm you know I'm a creative person, and and the work that goes into the to you know creative work is a different kind of work, but the, but a similar kind of thing where you have to work really hard, and you have to put in all the hours, and you have to try different things to you know different techniques, and you have to have mentors that you can listen like all of that stuff. I really admire a movie that puts in the time that 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 makes sure makes the the character go through the, enough that you believe that they really are getting better both internally and externally. 
Oh, that's a, a, a really great point. I like the parallels um, from the, the, the road to excellence uh, is, you know, the specific task looks different, but the, um, the time, the, the 10,000 hours, if you will. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> work. I lost what I was going to say next. Mm, oh yeah. Um, her getting better. Um, I, I remarked in my notes that um, there were multiple montages. Mm-hmm. Right. So she has like the first training montage and then there's like a second one later and then a third one preparing for kind of the last thing. <laughs> but I didn't find them overly cheesy. And I mean, I love a cheesy montage, but um, but I I don't know. I liked that they broke it up that way mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. having kind of that miraculous. Suddenly she's amazing. And and so right. I, I agree with you there that we we get to go on this um, journey with her that is grueling and we see it. Um, mm-hmm. I also love a movie where people wear the same clothes. Mm. Um, and it's, and, and I don't want to get into it, but a great example is Goodwill hunting, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. where you yeah. see him wear the same clothes over and over. Um, and so I, I appreciated that here that there's often, and it, and, and maybe it's in part because it is a very small budget. And so, um, it helps when you change the order of things in <laughs> yeah. editing. You don't have to reshoot because she only has three shirts or, or what right, have you. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but I just think it makes such a more authentic character. And in this case was, um, you know, vital to us seeing the work she puts in. You have to see the sweat and the dirty clothes and the, um, you know, the same um, kind of the, this. Mm-hmm. it's a manifestation of the strife she's coming from, I think. Right. And I, right. And I, Liked that. Um, real quick, I am not a Rocky expert. However, I've never. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I love that in this movie, the boy's name is Adrian. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I got that the first time. And by the first time, I mean like the first era that I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this time, as I think I was even just reading like the Amazon. Um, summary before I watched it and I just I giggled out loud it's like oh that's clever that's fun I like it <laughs> and I don't yeah. know the nature of Rocky's relationship with age I like I don't know I don't care mm-hmm. no offense sly um, although I would watch Rocky Balboa because of Milo Ventimiglia but that is a different podcast <laughs> um, coming soon hi-ho, to, hi-ho uh, Milo if you will uh, <laughs> But I just, uh, if we're going to play with gender, I liked that. Um, I don't know. I like, I felt like it was a wink and I, and I like a good wink. That reminds me that is, so it was with Joey of the cage club, no cage club co-founder, uh, Joey Lewandowski is who was, he had written, uh, on Twitter, the, he'd, he'd ranked having seen Creed two, he ranked all the Rocky movies. And I responded saying, I've not seen any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of, um, sort of chagrin and outrage from various corners of the, the cage club family. And um, I, that's where I realized that the reason is just, I just don't like boxing. movies. I just yeah. don't, I just don't, nothing is, I would like to see Creed. I'd like to see the, the, um, the uh, Creed movie. But other than that, I just don't, I got, I got nothing. They got nothing for me. This is my boxing movie right here. Yeah. Amen. This is all, I think this is all we need. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, okay. It, the movie starts off with the close up on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the just to jump quickly <laughs> to the middle of the movie, yeah. she goes to a professional 
um, fight. And that, and that's a, I think a significant moment with Hector that he invites her to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I, I noticed she spends a lot of the movie when I say asking questions, but like questioning invitations or she's, she's confident. And yet there's a lot of, where do I belong? Mm-hmm. That then right. at the very end, she's not, she's all answers. And right. I love that. That's but, a great um, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And Adrian's all questions, but that's another, that's another thing. Um, <laughs> but so she's at this professional fight and that, I think that was the first sincere smile Mm. we had the whole time because it starts on her face and it's that grimace yeah she's then, not smiling yeah yeah no and then early on conversations with her dad and his friends and then um she has to kind of go through this gauntlet of old boxing trainers to get mm-hmm. to hector and to get that start and so there's just a lot of um a lot of um clenching her jaw which she does beautifully mm-hmm. um, but then she's there and she's watching this happen and the way that she lights up um, I was also a great, I don't know. She gives good face in this movie. Yeah, she really does. Yeah. Say. But, um, she holds a close up. Yeah. As an, as an act, I mean, I think it's a, a, it, um, demonstrates her capacity as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, and, and I some range it. too, as that smile breaks and she's, she's really discovering something about herself and about the world in that moment. That's going to. You know, she see she sees sort of a, some possibility or something there, and mm-hmm. the, I, the the my feeling like the feeling in my body when that smile comes, like everything kind of lifts, you know, like floats a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I don't know that there's there's some there's some relief for her from some of the from some of the stuff that she deals with. That's what I got in that moment. There's so many good shots in this movie. That's you know the 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 filmmaking feels a little bit like a, a, a filmmaker uh, who feels like this might be my only shot. So I'm going to like, <laughs> like invest in every moment. And there's a, there's a great shot early in the movie when she's at the, one of her first training sessions and it's her, it, it's going to sound a little cheesy as I describe it, but it's her reflection in a, in a cracked mirror. And, but you, but it, it's, it really does speak to me about her character at that moment and how fractured her kind of existence is between, you know, her, her, she's having to steal the money to, to get trained. She's at the talk Hector into it. He'll only do it if she pays. She has to kind of steal money from her dad and because she knows that he won't give it to her. And, and, and so she's like living these multiple lives trying to figure out who she's going to be. And that there's so many times where it feels like the shots, uh, like that one that you describe watching the fight. Um, sort of crystallize who she is like then no, no longer is she like refracted through a cr- cracked mirror in that moment. It's just here. It's her under the lights and she's like finding something. So deep. I love it. So true. <laughs> so deep. So true. Um, so she gets, she finds Hector and this gym because she goes to, she, her dad sends her to pick up her younger brother who is mm-hmm. training there. Let's right. talk about Tiny for a minute because okay. I okay. kept saying throughout the whole movie this time, poor Tiny. Uh-huh. Like, what's uh-huh. Tiny going to do? Just get out, Tiny. Get out. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's great. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's recognizable. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, uh, does a does a great job as this like poor kid. I mean, I don't know. Part of me wants to see the version of the movie through just his perspective. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't have a lot, just poor tiny. And, and um, cause he's sort of a, I mean, she's a misfit 
who finds a path and mm-hmm. and and we understand that that tiny is an artist and um and creative and a self-proclaimed geek or dork i forget um but i i don't know i i i mean there wasn't space for it in this movie and that's fine but like my you know on the ride home from the movie theater hope is that tiny does find his version of what diana finds um, right and and they do you know they do reconcile um toward the end and he's there to support her which is amazing um but i i just i just think oh man poor tiny <laughs> yeah he, we get this uh, he, art is his thing right he wants to go to art yeah. school that's his uh that's his thing and it, it um his passion and i yeah i just kind of i don't know it feels like she will her example or something will i, I like to have hope that he will find his way to to his mm-hmm. his dreams too yeah um and then there's the dad Mm. Um, who I, obviously I'm going to have a lot of trouble with, and I think we're supposed <laughs> to, um, <laughs> yeah. but just invalidating both of his kids in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the movie. Yeah. Talk um, about not seeing other characters. Right? He doesn't see them at all. Yeah. Or, and I, I think it's a combination of, I, I think it's, um, I think it's willfully, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just ignoring. I think it's, um, he has a lot of something. He has a lot of baggage around mm-hmm. the mother of his children committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, to, you know, it's alluded to a couple of times and then very much um, at, toward the end, um, a discussion of, of him having been abusive to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, I, 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 while I have hope for tiny, I don't know that, he's going to make it out of, out of that and, and his mm-hmm. demons with that. But what did you think of that um, violent confrontation in the kitchen between Diana and her dad near the end of the movie? Yeah. The dad character for me, the the home stuff doesn't play, has never played as well for me as other parts of the movie. Hmm. And I don't know that it's, it's not bad at all, but it feels a, some of it feels a little kind of um, expected where mm-hmm. the other parts feel a little bit less expected. I'm not sure I can put my finger on it any more discreetly than that. But it, you know, I think it feels like that that moment feels like a move, moment that the movie needs to have. Mm-hmm. And um, I am. I watching with today's eyes, I, I know this movie is all about characters who are trapped and trying to break out of whatever their circumstances are and end up sort of in in the dad's case, passing along their own frustrations about that onto their kids or forcing them onto their kids or, you know, um, forcing them to do things because they think that's what just what needs to be done or whatever. Like it's a, it's a, but I don't find him, I, I wonder if the movie wants us to feel a little bit more sympathetic toward him. And I don't know that I do. Yeah. Oh no, certainly. I, I don't, I don't, uh, he has, uh, he doesn't show any remorse for me. And so that. Oh yeah. Doesn't get me to a, a place of compassion as quickly. <laughs> Not that you have yeah. to, but you know, um, I, yeah, so yeah. I think a couple of things, I think there's, um, it again, love this movie. Um, yep, yep. But I think it leans towards some tropiness 
Mm-hmm. It's a word I just made up. Um, in the way that Hector has daughters that he doesn't see. And then mm-hmm. Diana comes into his life and he's more proud of her than he's been of anyone. Um, mm-hmm. And Diana is at home with uh, an abusive father who see, she blames for her mother being gone and, and, and doesn't connect with and all that. And so they kind of in their coaching relationship forge some kind of, they both have an, a need for each other that they yeah. can, that they, and so I, I think um, it's subtle enough that it doesn't bother me. I think if, you know, it's um, if they pointed at it, I would say that's too on the nose, uh-huh. but uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I mean, I think, I think it, yeah, it totally, worked. Totally. Um, what I, and I don't like, just for the record, in case anyone's confused, um, <laughs> I, I am, I am vehemently anti-violence, um, mm-hmm. and and particularly domestic violence. So let's just mm-hmm. put that out there. Stipulated. Thank yep. you. <laughs> that being said, I think the um, intensity of that scene and the really kind of mm-hmm. raw violence of it. Um, mm-hmm is evocative and and is not expected. I would expect it to be the thing where he slaps her across the face and she says something, you know, declaring him a monster and then leaves. Like mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. I think the the thirty yeah, million dollar yeah. version would do. Or, Absolutely. Or tiny stands up or something. But that she because we know that she has um impulse control issues and and anger issues like we know we, we're led to believe she has a, a history of violence if you will um and so <laughs> yes. to me it, it tracks that she would finally lose it in in that way mm-hmm. or lose her composure and mm-hmm. and get to a place where she is truly hurting him now that she has the skills to do it um so right I, as much as i don't like to see it i don't want to see it it's not a solution i think it's brave um, to go that far with it, um, because she is our protagonist, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a great it's a great point, and this is something that is a hallmark of of some of Karen Kusama's best work is uh, a fearlessness in terms of um, uh, I don't know what is it like story warranted violence again, not mm. sort of warranted necessarily in real life or, you know, I'm not making any sort of claims that way, but in terms of the, the, when violence is, um, feels, uh, appropriate to the character, it being very kind of visceral and feeling very real. Like, um, the, she made this, made this movie, uh, the invitation a couple of years ago that has some of that, the best parts as I remember it of Jennifer's body, which is another movie that she directed, um, <laughs> which we maybe we'll talk about someday. I can say it's on our list somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, or this new, she got this new movie with, uh, Nicole Kidman. That's, um, uh, was where she plays a detective and is very kind of stripped down and like, you know, it looks like a pretty rough movie called destroyer. Um, but she's, she's sort of unafraid to go to those, dark places and to take female protagonists to them and um, you know, let kind of let them loose in a way. Uh, What's interesting to me also about that scene is that she's learning with Hector about fighting within the rules, within the boundaries Mm. of the ring. And that this is having to sort of combine the skills 
that she's learning there and like the fact that she's grown past her father in these, some, some of these kind of ways with the kind of fighting that she was doing at the beginning of the movie that's more like it feels kind of integrated into her life in a way. Um, at least that's mm-hmm. what kind of I read it metaphorically that she's like combining these two parts of herself in, in some way in that scene hmm. uh, and play like fighting outside that's the rules. That's fancier than I thought about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't know about fancy. Let's talk about Adrian a little more. Yeah. Okay. I'm so curious what you, how you feel about this. Yeah. So tell me how you felt about Adrian. Well, I did write in my notes, good front stoop kissing. <laughs> There's some good kissing in this movie. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I love good kissing. You, you um, do. Oh, Adrian. I... I kind of uh, it it makes me think of um, uh, sort of um, pedantic elders who say things like, "Oh yeah, he was an okay first boyfriend," <laughs> you know. Like I don't I don't I see any sort of um, you know happily ever after or any any of that um, <laughs> with Adrian, which is fine. Um, yeah. Absolutely, I think. Um, de- I think what the character does really well is demonstrates um, that um, insecurity and that um, masculinity so fragile uh-huh. kind of attitude that he can um, be intrigued by her and and kind of respect her up until the point that it interferes with his life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then he has to, you know, decide whether he's going to move through that or go do something easier that doesn't challenge him. Right. And I, th- and I think he tries, you know, um, uh, his coach is much more misogynistic and chauvinistic <laughs> than Hector. I don't, I don't know that we know the name of his coach, but um, one quote I wrote down was this equality shit has gone too far or something because, because <laughs> they announced a gender blind amateur boxing i mean it's just sort of like oh man yeah you think this is too far if your world is is that tiny i bet that is upsetting (laughs) Um, and and he also says that thing that defense that we still hear people use of like well men and women are just different Uh why can't we say that and my answer is of course we're different um and you can say that it's the value you're placing on that difference right Right. That ruins the world. (laughs) So like, yeah, yeah, I get that I am not identical to, you know, another gender in any, whatever gender that is. Also, of course, quite binary, but that's okay. It's 2000. We'll we'll let it be where it was. It can't be Um, everything. (laughs) I know. And I don't, I certainly didn't expect it to be. I'm echoing your, yeah. um, But I, you know, I can't imagine what that guy has to say about, about, um, you know, living in today's world, identity versus expression and all yeah. those things. But, um, <laughs> so I, so I think he's, um, you know, getting fed this sort of status quo messages. Um, and, and I, I, I believe he makes effort to figure it out a little bit. I think mm-hmm. when he shows up at the high school, mm-hmm. um, that did say something to me and mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad that Diana gave him the business for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I also thought, okay, yeah, I mean, she heard him out. And she made a choice and her choice is to move forward with him like that. Great. That's her, you know, that's her choice. Yeah. I think she could have also easily said, 
you know, buzz off or yeah. whatever she would have said. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, when they fight together and, and she wins and he sits satisfied, that to me was like, oh, wait, you are super douchey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're done here. But again, then he kind of comes crawling back. So I, I appreciate that he, um, has the strength of character to realize that he reacted poorly and want to try again. Mm-hmm. I, I just wonder how many more times he's going to do that before she just doesn't have the time or energy. Yeah, probably not. That was long winded. I apologize. What do you think about Adrian? I feel very, very similar to the the way you feel. If I could build on it a little bit, I th- I think that uh, I appreciate too that he has. That, that he is wrestling with it in some way. And I really like the scenes of them together. There's a scene where he sneaks her into his house, like he, they're into the apartment. Right. And he's like, my parents are light sleepers mm-hmm. or whatever. And they, they go to his room. And I like, I like the way that the movie deals with their, um, de- the development of their intimacy. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like a movie that is, that is being kind of realistic about that in some way, to, to, you know, in terms of, in terms of the, Two steps forward, one step back, like, you know, sort of mm-hmm. opening up to one another, feeling each other out, feeling each other up. Uh, that, that, oh, that, wow. that, that that builds, I think, I think, uh, you know, I appreciate the love interest in this movie, the way that it's being used, right? It, it, not every movie needs one. Um, this doesn't feel to me shoehorned in. It feels like part and parcel of her, of the how the world is reacting to her and and the way she's trying to change her life. And we see we see what that does to him and and the battle that it begins within him from the way he's coached, the way he's been raised versus what she's kind of like bringing to the table. And I, so I think it's, I think he's really useful there, but I agree. I don't think they're, this is not a long-term, uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see them going the distance, but you know, that's mm-hmm. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like it works. It yeah, works for absolutely. this high school, high school love. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if he were, okay, tell me if this sounds terrible. I think if he were uber supportive, it mm-hmm. it would be kind of out of character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or out of the kind of like um, you and I have talked about the help and the um, Emma Stone character. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, why does she have this perspective in this? In this era? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how does that play? And so um, I agree with you. I think he's useful um, for the movie. And I think it's, you know, it is just true if you're um, – if you're the new kid in town somewhere, people are going to be intrigued and want to try to figure you out. And right. Right. And that's what, that's what they're, you know, doing with each other. And, and, um, you know, most relationships don't go the distance. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just one, <laughs> I don't know. There are just so many things I liked about it. I mean, I think we've hit a lot of the big things, but, um, I do like, uh, so, you know, outside of the montages of it all, early on, Hector says, run three miles a couple times a week or right. whatever. And you see her do it and 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 have difficulty. And then toward the end of the movie, there's this great little scene in an um, what looks like an all, all women's gym class where it's time for the presidential physical fitness test. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's been training for however many months and just like smokes everybody else. And, (laughs) and I just love that as an example of how she's found something that she loves to do. And that then just kind of makes other things click 
as well. And and there, it's alluded to when um, Marisol is braiding her hair that she's got school under control now. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just about the fighting. It sounded like it was a little more like, you know, she's able to get work done. And mm-hmm. and so um, I just kind of love that as a silly illustration of how far she's come. Um, <laughs> that she's even participating and trying and then dominating <laughs> running the mile yeah um, as we, we all recall running the mile although yeah. they do do the pull-ups wrong but it's fine it's it's so true the the all of this stuff is the, the movie does such a it feels like it still has integrity even as it's going through the 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 tropes of oh she's getting her life back together because like her she's getting her life together in all these other realms because she's discovered this thing but I think one of the reasons that for me it feels like it, it owns it is back to what we were talking about before that she that that she, since she's had to work so hard, it feels like mm-hmm. these payoffs like I know now why she might be putting more work into school, why she might be engaging in these things. Right. She's discovered a work ethic through Hector and mm-hmm. their work together and her ability to live up to his challenges and all of that stuff that, that discovering that right. stuff in her spills out into the other parts of her life. And if the movie had just been, Oh, look, you know, blink of an eye, she's a good boxer. And then went on to right. do all this stuff. I'd be like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know that I buy that. I also just, I agree. I also just want to add the potential, um, uh, positive effect to her overall mental health that Mm. finding a physical outlet would be and finding having a goal. And so I, I, I I would, um, I'm going to make the leap of the assumption that it's easier for her to focus on school. Yeah, true. Because she's getting kind of those other, she's working through some of that other stuff um, consciously and subconsciously um, because she has this other, this other life. That's a great point. Anyway, I love it. I love this movie. I love this movie. <laughs> really good movie. Do you think this movie could get made today? Or like, what would it be, yes. diff- what would be different today about this movie? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, you mentioned the, the, um, how filmmaking has changed. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be, you know, made on an iPhone or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if we're yeah, if it's yeah. this small again, I think right. it would be. Um, kind of home done that way. Um, how would it be different? I wonder. I what do you think? You're more well, of an expert. I, well, I I wonder if this movie if this movie came out today, if it would get more attention, or people would remember mm. it more. Um, maybe because it would stream on Netflix, or sure, you know, or or it would be it would be more more sort of widely available than to play in. A handful of of smaller theaters that you and I go to see it a couple of times, and that's it. It, it made a, like one point seven million in its domestic release, right. which is you know it's 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 it made so it made back its money, but it wasn't like a you know a clearly I mean it launched and launched these two careers. So I, I don't mm-hmm. mean to minimize it at all, but I I have a suspicion that this movie was both in terms of of what it does with the character and the way it's made was is is ahead of its time in a way. Mm-hmm. And if it might I, at least this is my hope that it would get more attention now than it got uh when it came out. Sure. Yeah, I think there's just more discussion of um smaller films. I mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, you know, with social media and all the other mm-hmm. right, um, right. ways that we're constantly talking, 
Um, and, and, and like you said, Netflix with the other platforms, it could easily be an Amazon. I mean, there's, yeah, to be seen um, by more people, you know, that's to be available. Yeah. In there's more a places of small fleet of movies on Amazon that I've seen because I was just scrolling through Amazon yeah. <laughs> that I hadn't heard about anywhere else. You know, I mean, yeah, there's just, right. um, um, there's, yeah, I think more, so more much content, with <laughs> so much content in this golden age. Um, and then I think about things like eighth grade and Lady Bird and other <laughs> right, um, right. young female protagonist journeys that I feel like people are ready to go on. Yeah. So let's let's right here and now um, campaign for the re-release of Girl Fight. <gasps> yes, I love it. Yes, yes. I guess we could wait another year and a half and it'd be a 20 years. Oh, God. Oh, really? Oh, God. Oh, we got old. We got <laughs> no. so old. It's um, you know this but this I mean it's true this movie has no blu-ray. Right. And one yeah. of the reasons that I am sad that I lost the DVD is because I'm pretty sure there was a director's commentary on it. Uh <sighs> yeah, I'm really sure. In fact, I see now on here I'm looking at at, at it on Amazon. You could get it the DVD for 20 26 dollars on Amazon. <laughs> Which I'm not going to pay for. I mean, I love this movie, but I'm not going to pay twenty six dollars for it. But I could. I remember li- listening to the commentary. This is back when I had time to do that. Um, uh, so uh, yeah. Well, luckily, I'm your secret Santa, so <laughs> I, I can make that happen for oh, us. Boy. <laughs> Tobin, do you want to play a game? I want to play a game so badly. So. Um, as we've mentioned several times, this movie came out in the year 2000, mm-hmm. which is a while back. So <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez has been in our lives for a very long time. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out. So um, Tobin, I'm going to, um, we're going to do honor system here. I'm going to assume you don't have any devices out. Oh, okay. I'll close. Um, I'll, to do I'll, any research. I will close my uh, laptop here. Okay. This game is called Michelle Rodriguez, who's older. <laughs> okay oh my gosh okay and okay. another disclaimer that i think all the folks listed in in this list here are aging beautifully okay and yeah. getting better with age like a fine wine or a hard cheese and not unlike ourselves um, <laughs> not unlike ourselves so there's no shame i'm not pointing it out um to be anything other than um noting that we are we are old so Michelle Rodriguez was um, born in July of 1978, meaning that she um, only recently turned 40. It's a good year, 1978. It is a good year, a good vintage. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to list some folks who I feel like we've known a similar amount of time. Okay. Okay. We have Michelle Rodriguez. We've been aware of. Okay. And you're going to tell me um, if Michelle Rodriguez is older or younger than these folks. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So let's start with, you know, someone we've known. Oh, it feels like forever. Drew Barrymore. Who's older? Uh, Drew Barrymore is older. That is correct. Oh, phew. I second guess myself at the last minute, but yeah. Is 43. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, how about Rosario Dawson? Oh, that's hard. Uh, I'm going to guess younger. Wait, wait. Rosario Dawson is younger. That Michelle Rodriguez is older. Okay. That is correct by one year. 
two Ooh. points already, Tobin. Ooh, look it's at me. five points to win, by the way. Okay, okay, um, okay. Wow, five okay. to win? All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a Montana favorite, whether she claims us or not, Michelle Williams. Okay, Michelle Williams has to be younger than Michelle Rodriguez. Damn it, you're so good at this game. Who would have thought? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I'm doing this when we get to the end. Okay. I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating, but okay. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez was someone that Tobin, you pointed out early on, and then her career flourished. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a parallel here. Okay. Who is older <laughs> between Michelle Rodriguez and Rashida Jones? Oh, uh, I think Rashida Jones is older. Damn it. You're so good. <laughs> this is a terrible game. You're winning. Okay. <laughs> Tobin. Yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who is older, Michelle Rodriguez or... Sarah Michelle Gellar's older. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about this one? Okay, I think that's five points, but let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I just need you to get one wrong and then I'll change Play until you stump me, yeah. Paris Hilton. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Paris Hilton is younger. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay, okay. Tobin, how about this? Claire Danes. Claire Danes must be... Oh, Claire Danes must be younger. Damn it. By one year. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I have a couple of others, but you've won already. I also have a bonus round. So you've okay. won the round. But <laughs> okay. for um, Thank you for grudgingly awarding <laughs> me the points there. You won. Tobin won. Tobin did amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I believe a, I have a, a perfect score in the main do. game. It was, a, it was a, a grand slam. No, I don't know baseball. I've uh, never done this before, we should say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's true. I mean, it's like one game. It's the power of fight that's <laughs> Okay, yeah, so. exactly. In I've been honor training. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I see the montages already. In <laughs> honor of our friends at the network and in honor of Michelle oh, Rodriguez's no. next film and oh, franchise, no. Fast and the Furious. Oh, no. I have a Fast and Furious edition. Bonus <laughs> round. Okay, okay. Okay. Who is older? Vin Diesel or Michelle Rodriguez? Oh, no. I feel like this is a trick. I feel like I'm supposed to say Vin Diesel and it's going to turn out the other way, but I really do think he's older. So I'm going to say Vin Diesel is older. You are correct. By how much? (laughs) (laughs) Moving the goalposts a little bit to mix our sports. You've raised Uh, the bar. By how much? Yeah, Um, how many years? Less than five years. Interesting. He's 51 years old. (gasps) <gasps> really? Indeed. Wow. Okay. Um, Tobin, uh, who's older, Michelle Rodriguez or Fast and the Furious co-star Jordana Brewster? Michelle Rodriguez. Correct. By how many years? <laughs> Two. Correct. I hate you. <laughs> um, how about um, everyone's favorite, Jason Statham? Oh, man. He's got to be older. Who's older, Jason Statham or Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. 
They're both born in July of 1967. Oh, wow. Okay. Both 51. Yeah. All right. We're Crazy. at home stretch. Um, okay. Tyrese Gibson. Now, you didn't make it <laughs> far in the franchise. No, but... I don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh, um... goodness. Well, then this is one for Twitter. Well, I guess if, so, if you're on your Twitter, you've probably Wikipedia already. So cheaters, one and all. T- Tyrese Gibson, I'm going to say is younger. He is by one year. <laughs> and finally, can you can you sweep the whole thing? Let's see. Oh, this is the final okay, okay. The final countdown. Okay. There's the Eye of the Tigers playing. Um, <laughs> who is older, Michelle Rodriguez or Ludacris? Ludacris is older. Oh my god, I'm done. Podcast over. <laughs> we had a good run, but Tobin got too smart for me. We are announcing this is our final episode. <laughs> Tobin, you got every one of those correct. Wow! How did you do that? The dirty little secret to this to this version. Not until we get to the Fast and Furious people, where I don't know half the people we're talking about. That. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is we are within a couple months of the same age. So mm. I then think back, okay, was when Claire Dance was playing in high school, how old was I when she was in gotcha. my so-called life? So I, I think I'm just a little bit older than that. Right. So I was mm-hmm. able to just match based on my own life where people were. Yeah. And I knew in the back of my mind that I because I I don't know if other people play this game where you like find out how, how old a celebrity is, and you're like, oh, that's about my age, and or that person's a little bit younger. And so yeah, I I just I just knew the answers, Aislinn. That is amazing. You are a talented human, and I'm glad <laughs> to know you. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> I can play you that do. game anytime, <laughs> <laughs> but only with people who just turned forty. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, only people born in in uh, the spring or summer of 1978. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for. Um, for destroying that game. Good work. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Now is the time in our podcast where we decide if this movie is a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera. Island, what say you? Progressive Are or regressive? Are you kidding me? This is an amazing film. Um, This character uh, is a is absolutely you know fearless uh, and and breaks all the rules and um is not um it's something we talked about we have talked about previously when we've discussed this movie but not in this podcast yet it's a very complex sentence to get to it <laughs> we have smart listeners though so they're with it <laughs> um there's no uh makeover scene yes right so you know if we think about the year 2000 where um, we have, she's all that already. Uh, Mm -hmm. We may or may not have never been kissed right around that time. I mean, there's a lot of um, obligatory makeover scenes and this Mm -hmm. movie says F that we're not going to do that. Um, She is transformed, but she's transformed from the inside out and, um, and is gorgeous the whole time and, and doesn't, doesn't need a makeover. Um, we discuss the relationship, how it's, it, it helps, um, illustrate the journey, but it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's, uh, I mean, I guess it is pivotal, but you know, the relationship, mm-hmm. the romantic part of it is not primary. Right. right. Um, and, um, and that, that it was, yeah, uh, the debut, um, the directorial debut, um, as well as acting debut for, for, um, these two. Badass chicks. I love it. I say 
progressive, and I will fight anyone who disagrees. Well, in that case, I'm going to say progressive as well. Uh, I couldn't say any of that better than you did. I would like to point people toward an, another podcast. Uh, Brian Koppelman is the screenwriter who um, writes the is a showrunner of the show Billions, which Karen Kusama directed a couple of episodes of. He has a podcast called The Moment, and he interviews her in an episode from sometime last year. Uh, and it's a great it's a great interview and, and she's fascinating to hear sort of the trajectory of her career. And so um, in, in lieu of re-singing the praises of this wonderful movie, an amazing debut, I urge people to go listen to that and to hear from the director herself. So I say I progressive. Will. Thank you for that. Island, what are we going to watch next? <sighs> well, from going from saying I love everything, I need to say I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> the results of the poll are in. And coming in two weeks, on Christmas damn day, we'll be discussing The Babadook. <laughs> Nobody's laughing because I hate scary movies, but I'm going to do it for my art. I'm going to do it because I am a professional podcaster. Oh, wait, I'm not. <laughs> you do it because we love our we love our listeners. We do, and I and I appreciate everyone who participated. Um, I assume that it was with great thought and sensitivity toward me that they voted this way, um, as I assume all people <laughs> are doing things um, out of sensitivity to me. So, yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be yeah. Christmas Day, unwrap the Babadook. Uh, the uh, Hereditary, which was one of the other movies on the poll, was ahead for most of the time that that, that this poll was up, and then and, the Babadook just slayed it in the last last like three days. And I was prepared for that because just out of my own curiosity, sometimes I'll go and read detailed synopses of scary movies just to mm -hmm. know what they were about, and I had read two on hereditary so i was like yeah. oh great i already know what i'm getting into i have read nothing about babadook oh goody goody a babe in the woods i've not seen it either i'm i'm coming in um clean slate so right check check back on christmas day check if you're looking for something out, to do on christmas day <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> tobin uh where can people find you people can find me on twitter at tobin addington i said where can they find you um, you know, cursing that I have to watch the Babadook, but um, uh, on Twitter at SassyNerdMT. And you can find us on Twitter at Contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at TheContendersPod.com. We want to give a special thanks to our members who have joined at the marquee level or above. Um, that includes Carly B, Sean Flynn, and Jeff Addington. Become a member today, connect with other listeners, and support the show we do. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings over on Twitter at cageclubpod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. And I am Aislinn Addington. We'll see you next time on The Contenders. Become a member today, connect with other listeners, and support the show we do. <laughs> what? I read Sorry. the copy.
I know it's a, the, the show we do. <laughs> it's a really it's fun. a weird phrase, and so I had to put a little sauce on it. <laughs> I love that you did that. Uh.